You are listening to the All Marveled Podcast. This podcast is for Marvel, sci-fi, and fantasy fans who want a Christian take on current pop culture movies, books, and music. I'm your host, author Darlene Bojek, joined by my son, Han Bojek. Hello, guys. I am happy to be here. Very honored to be on your podcast. All right. Uh, Today, we are going to be discussing the new release spider-man no way home all right han you saw this two times tell us about your your experience with uh, watching spider-man no way home yeah well i saw it in america first and then i saw in turkey uh, i did notice like the different type of audiences in america they were much louder in turkey there was a few claps here and there but uh and that's pretty big for Turkey, in my opinion. Uh, I like the film. It was a very nice first impression. Sadly, uh, because of YouTube and everything, I did see uh, like spoilers before the movie came out. Even though I saw it opening night, I saw spoilers the opening morning because the UK got to watch it a day before us. But uh, overall, I like the film. A lot of people are giving it like a ten out of uh like 10 out of 10 they're saying it's better than infinity war better than endgame personally i think that is just because of the hype surrounding the movie i don't think it's the best film it's definitely the probably the best spider-man film but it is not like the best mcu film i think that's blowing it out of proportion a little yeah i i think uh i think i might agree with you there i had higher expectations than it it turned out to be so I need to say right here for any listeners, there will be spoilers in this podcast. So if you haven't seen the movie, go watch the movie, then come back to here. Okay, Han, tell us about your American experience. You you said that you had you recorded a certain part. Do you have that recording? We'll play it for them. Yes, I do. I do. Okay. Let me play that for them. So this is where uh, Toby McGuire shows up. That was the in America one. Very, very loud. And then we have the Turkish one. I can show the Turkish one. Turkish one was like this. So like as you can see, we got some of the claps going on. We got the yeah, it was it was pretty good though. Turkey had Turkey clapped too. All right. Uh, what about the crowds? The crowds, I feel like the theater sizes were different. I think Turkish theater was much bigger. Our crowd, uh, there was a well. It's hard to compare because I watched the opening night, and even though my theater wasn't completely full, the screening right after ours which was at six o'clock had like the whole theater was packed it was like a long two minute line but there was a pretty long line for this film too even though this is the fourth day after it came out we we had to get in a pretty fairly long line that went by very fast okay so tell me what you think about it as far as it fits into the mcu uh i think i love the idea of the multiverse that's opening countless new possibilities like they're definitely going to start putting in like wolverine um 
X-Men, uh, basically superhero movies that we watched that were associated with Marvel is now going to be part of the MCU. Like, for example, Mom, you didn't watch Venom 2, spoiler alert, but uh, Venom 2, the end scene, which is going to explain the end scene in Spider-Man No Way Home, in Venom 2 at the end scene, uh, Venom was, they were lying in bed, and then suddenly, like, something changed, and when they, uh, like, the room changed, it was still the same room, but very different, and on the TV, uh, it was playing the Daily Bugle newscast and was saying, like, Spider-Man is a killer, and Venom, like, looked at the TV and was like, I want to kill that person, so, like, Venom and Tom Hardy was in the MCU, but then in Spider-Man No Way Home, once once Doctor Strange did that whole magic thingy, he went back. Venom went back to his own universe. But there is some speculation right now that Venom went back to Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man universe. And then that's where they're going to pull out a third movie for Andrew Garfield of him fighting Venom, Tom Hardy's Venom. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Yep. So, Han... I didn't quite understand why Venom was in this movie. Did Venom know the identity of Peter Parker? He did not know the identity, but he saw uh, the Daily Bugle live video of them saying, like, Spider-Man is Peter Parker. And then Venom, like, Tom Hardy turned into Venom, went up to the TV and, like, licked the screen of the TV where it had Tom Hardy's face being like, I want to eat him. So Venom was against Spider-Man. And then uh, he went back to his own universe when Doctor Strange redid uh, the thing. So then that, that brings up the question of how he could have been brought into this universe. Only the people who knew that Peter Parker was Peter Park was Spider-Man were brought in here. That is true. So it doesn't so that we is don't true. exactly know that. Here's here's a little theory. So basically uh, at the end of Venom 2, uh, when they were lying in the bed, Venom was saying uh, I can access the hive mind. Uh, if you don't know what the hive mind is, it's, do you know what it Tell is? Me. It's like the, all right, so the hive mind is basically, I don't know too much about it, but the hive mind is basically like the strongest of strongest venom. And venom is able to connect to him through his mind and then travel wherever he wants in the world or different universes. So at the end he was saying, want to watch me, uh, uh, like want to watch me connect to the hive mind. And then he connected, and then he changed universes. So what's going on is we think that he went to that universe because of Venom, but then he left the universe because of Doctor Strange. Well, that's interesting. Tell us the other... Be- uh, yeah. the, you, you had mentioned that there was one more uh, cameo of, of someone that people might not have recognized. The lawyer? Oh, yeah, Daredevil. Daredevil, yeah. I have not watched any of the Daredevil things. They're all on Netflix, but... Apparently, like, people really liked them in uh, the American theaters. Sorry, that's Chica. People had recognized him a lot in America. And I, few, I heard a few people, like, murmur when he came up in Turkey. But he's he's basically very uh, uh, well-known because, like, he was one of the earlier TV shows that Marvel had came out with. He's basically this lawyer. He's blind. And he can fight very well. And he has faster reflexes than Spider-Man. Because he feels the vibration of things before they actually happen. That's pretty cool. So he's not exactly a superhero. He just has heightened senses because of his blindness. Yeah. From what I know, that's how it is. But like, 
he has extra heightened sense of senses because of his blindness. Like normal blind people can't is aren't, usually aren't like that. Okay, so I was expecting a much different show. I heard that it was the best movie ever. And I came out of there thinking this was not the best movie ever. It's I don't think it's the best MCU. I don't think it's the best ever ever any superhero movie. I I just kind of felt like it was it was an interesting premise. Yeah, it did have a fantastic premise and I've never heard people cheer in like you said in Turkish movies. The closest thing I've heard to that is when I went to uh Top Gun in Miramar way back when it opened because Top Gun used to be at Miramar and then I heard just cheering whenever they when they first saw the word Miramar or something like that so that's the only thing that I've ever experienced equivalent to this the cheering but people were expecting it it wasn't a an unexpected revelation everybody knew there was going to be three spider-mans in it even though it wasn't a very protected spoiler yeah. it was it was actually they tried really they did their best to protect it but it was they really tried their best to protect it but there were a lot of fan theories and because there were so many fan theories like there were people in the industry who spoiled it in a very low qa but there was one trailer, one Brazilian trailer for the Spider-Man film. You know the scene where th- uh, three Spider-Mans are jumping. It's slow motion. Three Spider-Mans versus Electro, Sandman, and Lizard. And they're all jumping at each other in slow motion. See, in the trailer, we see that exact same scene, but we only see one Spider-Man. But the issue is uh, Toby's Spider-Man hit um, the Lizard and so they had to animate the lizard to look like the lizard wasn't hit but what actually happened was the lizard was hit and they forgot to take that out in the brazilian trailer so in the brazilian trailer you just see uh, this lizard getting hit by nothing oh wow that that's basically what yeah that's what topped it off all right we'll put that we'll put that video in the show notes i'll send it to you after so now i wanted to talk about the message we like on they all marveled we like to talk about what the story is really saying and so what do you think han the the message was in this um in the movie spider-man no way home Uh, i think it was just the message showing the price of being a superhero because like he never really had to suffer with anything until then so i feel like it just it was it was very good at showing who he was if that Mm -hmm. makes sense yeah. Because like in his other two movies, he's always being protected by Tony Stark. Like Tony Stark is always protecting him. Actually no, in his second movie Tony Stark was already dead. But like he always was in Tony Stark's shadow cuz like his suit Tony Stark, his money Tony Stark, everything that belongs to him uh was from Tony Stark. So finally uh, this movie they were able to make him independent cuz he can no longer use anything from Stark Industries. I liked even like the facial, he was trying to do the facial recognition to find where that uh, MIT mixer was. And it was like Stark Industries offline because Stark Industries had to get shut down, at least from the web. Because like at, after the second movie, you see him with these glasses. These glasses can do anything. 
It can shoot down anything. It can recognize anything. That just makes his life 10 times easier. So this film was more like showing how he is independent and how, yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So Doctor Strange, um, you know, in, in the trailer, they show that that he's trying to he's trying to erase the memory of Peter Parker being Spider-Man, except for the people that he wants to know. And so uh, Doctor Strange is like, you can't do that. And he's like, I have to do it. And so the, the whole movie pivots on this indecisiveness in Peter about keeping his two sides um separate and he's trying to have them have mm-hmm. the people he loves the most know and the people that he doesn't care about not know but dr strange says uh the part of the problem is not mysterio it's you trying to live two different lives the longer you do that the more dangerous it becomes and so actually that is uh that is an interesting concept. Do you think that he is trying to live two different lives or is he trying to live one life with two different identities? Well, for him, it's technically two different lives just because he has that one life where he's Spider-Man and another life where he has to act like he doesn't know who he is. Mm-hmm. So then Dr. Strange is um, has another thing he says, which is about... Um, about fate and I wonder if we could find the connection between these two themes so Dr. Strange says uh, when he wants to fix them right he wants to fix these bad guys and Dr. Strange says it's their fate you can't change that any more than you can change who they are so is uh, this is talking obviously about the fact that his goal in the story is to fix the bad guys and then send them back because then they won't be killed. Um, and if they are changed, I mean, he's assuming they're not going to be killed, but they were already killed when they got sent back. Anyhow, um, uh, there's yeah. a little, a little uh, inconsistency there, but yeah. Dr. Strange believes that their fate and um, uh, cannot or maybe should not be altered, that they're meant to die in their own worlds, but Peter sees it different. He sees that nobody is beyond redemption. So do you think this is related to Peter's own personal problem of mixing mixing the two sides, like having two identities? I think it's a little different because mixing identities and redemption is sort of different, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I feel like that whole redemption thing is just showing, like, sort of adding more personality to Peter, showing how he, uh, how he always wants to give second chances. Mm-hmm. And and in a sense, he wants to give himself a second chance. Maybe that's the thing. His fate is that people will not know who he is. Mm-hmm. And you kind of, um, you kind of see that at the very last scene when he goes to see MJ and Ned and they don't know him and he decides to just be more normal with them and he's going to get to know them as as an, a different person without looks like he's not planning to bring in the Spider-Man thing to them so maybe he's accepted mm-hmm. the fact that he has to keep this uh, secret mm-hmm. because too many people knew mm-hmm. um, in one of the scenes 
MJ says, does any part of you feel relieved about all this? Now that everyone knows you don't have to hide or lie to people. And then he answers, for the record, I never wanted to lie to you, but how do you tell someone that you're Spider-Man? So, so in a sense, this, um, this alternate universe thing is also about his alternate identities, I think. Don't you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's go into the idea that he wants to change people. Now, um, I think that this this idea starts with when Peter th number three is is asked, "Are you going to go into battle just like a cool youth pastor?" Hmm. So that hints that that sounds like just a random comment, but considering what Peter uh, what Peter number two does at the end when he's fighting with a Green Goblin. You almost think that he is helping him to make to to change, right? As a youth well, pastor would possibly help him to change. Peter sort of like Peter Toby. He's like the he's sort of like in a way he's the oldest Spider-Man there, and he's the most experienced. So he's sort of like that leader. I think that's what that reference from youth pastor came from, like leading people in the right direction, leading them okay, in the right direction. So we see him do that. We see him. He he helps Peter to not go to the dark side to mm -hmm. mix to mix the universes. Yeah. Okay. Now now let's talk a little bit about Peter's goal of changing other people. The Bible says uh, uh, in Luke five thirty one, Jesus answered them, "Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick." In other words, people who think they don't need to change. Um, aren't really ready to be well. But people who recognize that they're sick are the ones who do realize that they need a cure. And obviously Jesus is talking here about people who recognize that they're, that they're trapped in sin and they can't get out of sin. And until you come to that point, you can't find, you can't find redemption. Mm -hmm. So he wants to redeem these people. Nobody's beyond redemption as, um, as we see as a theme. Yeah. And he gets that idea from his, from his aunt may, who's like, we shouldn't just send them back. We need to help them. Right. But, but then he, we see uh, with Osborne, he's, there's two sides of even Osborne. There's the one who wants to be cured and then there's the bad guy inside of him that does refuses to be cured. And then Dr. Octopus kind of tricks us at the end. We think that he's gone bad again, but he's not. He's he's very grateful for being changed. And um, so even with each of the superheroes, you remember Electro, Electro says he likes uh, he likes this um, this feeling. Let me see. I have that quote. Power. He says also it was. It was nice to see Electro in this amazing Spider-Man thing. Now we have at least there's more personality behind like why he's like that. Because mm -hmm. he wants to feel the power. Yeah. You're not going to take this away from me, says Electro. And uh, so we have we have this battle even within the difference. The bad guys, the, the arch his arch villains who are I don't um I don't want to change. I want to change, but I don't want to change. You're not going to change me. Oh, I'm changed. I love it. You know, so Oct Dr. Octopus was forced to change and he, 
he was happy with his change, right? But he was forced to change. And then he's like, the voices are gone. And and that's where you for he forced somebody to be redeemed, which goes against the them needing to want to be redeemed. In fact, he forced all those bad guys to be redeemed, mm-hmm. which kind of goes against what um what Christ said that in order to be changed, you have to recognize that you have a problem. Uh, what do you think about that? Uh, I think that is true. Make makes sense. You could see, like for example, there were the different levels. Like in the bad guys, two of them li- really only had bad intentions: Lizard and Electro. And both of them, you could easily tell tell they were going to turn on him. They didn't care about the redemption thing at all. Then we had the neutral person, which is Sandman. He actually wants to go home, so he really doesn't care. But he also doesn't trust him. But he does want to go home. But he just doesn't trust him. And then we have the people on the good side who, uh, like, eventually, like, for example, Green Goblin. I'll call him Norman because he wasn't a Green Goblin yet. He was uh, on the good side. And Doc Ock obviously knew something was up. And he was a little hesitant until he got cured. And then he was on the good side, too. And, um so you could sort of tell there were different levels of the different bad guys and how much redemption they actually wanted. So do you think it's right to force redemption on people? Uh, it really depends on the context. Like the context of them, they obviously didn't want the redemption, but it was going to save their life if they got it. Yeah. So, yeah. If they if they got it, all they had to do is get a shot, right? And they were <laughs> redeemed. Oops. Yeah, yeah, going into political issues right now. All you got to do is get a shot uh, and you get you get fixed, huh? Well, yeah. um, do you think that the shot was a dangerous spell? The shots that the he gave shot. him, those those anti anti serums to make to oh, undo no, those... the bad guy things. Was that a, was that equivalent to casting a bad spell? No, no, those like you could you could see like for example the one like. They were making them in the little lab, Andrew and Garfield. They were all just making them. It's all scientific stuff. All science. In fact, that whole, like, a lot of the film, they were sort of being like, yeah, magic is cool and all, but math and science is the real deal here. Like, fighting against Doctor Strange, Peter was able to beat him just because of math. Yeah, I liked that. Uh, Do you know what's cooler than magic? math he says yeah. and then he traps yeah. I, I liked that i like that a lot um and that's actually yeah. seems to be the message that if you just use math on people you can fix their problems but i think mm-hmm. the difference is that people are not only physical beings they are spiritual beings you know they have a soul and they have desires inside of them that are not just their physical thing with dr octopus you just changed his brain chip and he's He's like suddenly a nice guy. Well, that's not the way it is with real people. Mm-hmm. We don't. We can't just change a change it, force a a chip on to people, and um, say that they're going to now be a good guy because that's actually not them anymore. It's the chip that's making them good or bad. Like imagine that there's this chip that will turn every bad guy into a. A good guy, every bad guy in the world. And so they force it on everybody in the world. Well, that takes away the autonomy, mm-hmm. right? And autonomy is a very important thing in the world uh, to be, to be, uh, to have volition, to have 
choices, you know, it turns you into a robot. I mean, do you think you'd like to, if you could have some sort of a chip that just makes you always do the right thing, or, or at least what somebody always says, somebody says is the right thing, according to their dictates. Uh, if you had a chip put in you and you never did any more crime and you never did anything that hurt anybody else for the rest of your life, would you want that chip? Uh, it really, again, depends. But like in Doc Ock's uh, defense, the chip wasn't making him good. The chip was blocking the octopus thing from making him uh, bad because what was making him bad wasn't him. It was the fact that the connector he made between him and the robot, he made it not that he's in control of the robots, but he made it that the robots are in control of him. So that chip was disconnecting, making him, uh, like, in a sense, free will. He mm-hmm. now has his own free will rather than being controlled by the tentacles. So there wasn't really anything, yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you want a chip that would take away your free will for in exchange for making you perfect? Um, again, it really depends. It's a very, that's a very loaded question. Obviously, I would <laughs> never want to do anything bad. But then what the moment you do that, you're taking away your free will. So yeah, you never know. Cause, cause like, for example, what Spider-Man did is in my, here's the thing. If we look at this in the big story, I think we can all agree that the only reason I actually got that bad was because Spider-Man made those mistakes. Like in the end, what happened? He still made them forget. So they still all forgot who he was. And he still sent them all home. Redeemed. Um, yeah, he did redeem them, though. So, uh, yeah. So, like, basically that free will thing, he made those mistakes. But in the end, though, he did get benefits from those mistakes. So if you're cutting out all your mistakes, you might be also cutting out some benefits. So this reminds me of the um, the verse in Ezekiel 36, 26, which is a promise that God gives uh, about what he will do. Uh, and he says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. So do you think that's related to the chip that I was talking about? Um, yeah, it does. It's a more moral version. Mm-hmm. But God recognizes that we have this, this will that's bound to do bad things. And, you know, like the physician... Uh, what Jesus said about the physician, you know, if you don't realize you're sick, you don't know you need a savior. You don't know you need a, in his case, you don't know you need a doctor if you don't know you're sick. If you don't know you have cancer, you don't go to the doctor, right? But when you learn you have cancer, then you go to the doctor. Well, in this case, he, in, in Ezekiel, the prophecy said that God would do this exact thing. He would take our hearts that are hard and, and wicked and sick, and he'd trade them for a heart of flesh. Mm-hmm. And we see that uh, in the New Testament where he gives people a heart of flesh. In other words, he, he puts his spirit, his Holy Spirit, into the lives of Christians and makes us to desire 
Uh, it basically softens our will. A soft heart that desires to do right and to please God. And he gives us his spirit that enables us to do right and to please God. What do you think? Uh, I think uh, that is true. Uh, uh, Jesus Christ did die on the cross for us. And we are uh, we are full of sin and he is our redemption uh, which is why that had there was that whole tie-in thing with what spider-man was doing i feel like that was similar but in a very different way where he is doing that whole redemption thing for them but he was doing more of forcing it on them rather than uh, it happening to us if that makes sense right yeah yeah like we we retain we get the new heart, but we retain our auton autonomy and we desire to we desire to do right and are enabled to do right at the same time. That's that's a good point, Han. Yep. All right. So any concluding comments, any concluding quotes from the movie or anything you'd like to say? I think honestly the Doctor Strange trailer at the end of the movie was the thing that made me the most excited. Because obviously Doctor Strange, he's like the, one of the only original superheroes left back from like 2015. So it's going to be nice for him to finally get a sequel to his film. And his films are always awesome because it's all about realities and everything. So that's going to be very interesting to see him. Again, I still think Marvel is on the way out. Their movies aren't ever going to be like they used to be, and their fame already reached peak with Endgame. But I, th I am excited to see what how they do Doctor Strange. This is going to be a twenty twenty two is going to be a pretty big year for Marvel. All right, we'll see. We'll see if that Doctor Strange movie pleases us or not. Yeah. Um, I liked Peter's quote that uh, math is better than magic. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's cool. It encourages everybody listening. To work hard in your studies, in your math, and everything. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. Are you working hard in your math, Han? Yep. I'm about to jump right into it after this podcast. <laughs> okay. All right. Well. Uh, yeah. Thank you for having me to this podcast. We will be seeing you guys soon with a review on Matrix Resurrections. That's right. We are going to be uh, watching that soon. All right, friends, thank you for listening to They All Marveled podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode, including links to everything we talked about at christianuniverse.org. Take a look. We also have a quiz to test your ability to survive an apocalypse. Take a look, christianuniverse.org. Today's episode is brought to you by Mark 520. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone marveled. That's it for this time. So long. So long. Bye-bye. Wait, no, that sounded too feminine. So long. Uh, have a good day, guys.